0: Ladies and gentlemen, to the Peak Endurance Podcast with your host, Isabel Ross. As a personal trainer, accredited endurance coach, and now podcast host, Isabel is bringing you the best advice, tips, and tricks for your health and athletics. She's won two Australian Trail Championships, a 24 hour track race, and many, many more races, as well as participated in the notorious Barkley Marathons. So she knows her stuff. And now, since she's raced all over the world, she's bringing all that knowledge and giving it to you so you can become a better performer as a whole. So make sure to continue to tune into the Peak Endurance Podcast to get your body right, your mind right, and your health on point. So you like running, but you're feeling pain or irritation you can't enjoy it like you once did. Or worse, your performance has taken a big hit. Now you're reminiscing on the good times where the wind blew past your ears, nature looked lovely as you passed it. What are you waiting for? Go and visit the specialist at Health and High Performance. With the latest in technology and a wealth of experience, the team at Health and High Performance can help you with all your running injury and performance needs. let's get you back to doing something you love with the results you're capable of. Head over to healthhp.com.au slash run or you can find them on Instagram at healthhighperformance. Health and High Performance are located in Mount Albert, Melbourne but are available for telehealth appointments not only australia wide but also around the world. So contact them now on their website to find out more. Wild Earth Australia is the online store to help you make the most out of the outdoors with top quality gear at great prices. Peak Endurance podcast listeners can use the discount code endurance that's Endurance, all one word with caps, to get 10% off at checkout. Now, who doesn't like saving money? Head on over to wildearth.com.au to get everything you need for your next adventure.
1: Hello and welcome to the podcast episode 129 is an interview with Luke Nelson, chiropractor at Health and High Performance in Montalbert, Melbourne. Luke is a regular on the podcast and today he's talking to us about ankle sprains. If you're a trail runner you've probably dealt with this Um, but it can even happen to road runners so I'm sure lots of people will find this episode very informative. And not just informative, but also enjoyable. And if you do enjoy it, would you be able to do me a favour and subscribe and write a review? I, I don't think it really takes too much time, but it does mean so much to me. Not only does subscribing and writing a review help to boost the ratings of the show, but doing this in this way increases its audience reach, meaning more athletes like you get to listen. And of course, it really makes my day reading the reviews. The link is in the show notes. I have limited coaching places left. If you are planning a race in 2022, now is the time to get started on your training to secure a place on Team Peak Endurance. Email me isabel at peakendurancecoaching.com.au to get the ball rolling. Enjoy the episode.
2: Hey, Tom here. I'm back with some more thoughts. And today I just wanted to actually talk about uh, training and running itself and different terrains and missing it up whilst training, especially if you're doing longer training runs or longer training weeks. So I found uh, when it comes to overuse injuries uh, and niggles that I'd often get them if I'm doing the same runs over and over again to make up my weekly distance goal. For instance, like the same pace uh, on a you know, gravel path, um, most of the time during the week, I will find that I'll start to get the eagles and the niggles and overuse injuries. Then, but if I'm mixing it up and I'm on the trails and I'm hiking hills, um, whilst also still doing, you know, you're running around the streets or on the road, I find I get uh, less niggles and my training is actually better for it and they actually end up complementing each other Um, because also if you do too much hiking and too much trails then you notice your pace will start to slow down. Um, So I've been finding uh, more recently and just kind of over time that if you mix up your training and make sure you still have your specific uh, sessions for speed or whatever your goal is, you mix your training up to hit your weekly distance goal it actually complements each other and really at the end you get less overuse injuries which means you can train uh the way you want to train which then means you're obviously going to improve more so than if you do the same thing over and over again and get an injury and can't train Uh, yeah so that's just a quick thought this week thanks
1: Hi, Luke, and um, welcome back again to the Peak Endurance Podcast.
3: Thanks, Isabel. Thanks for uh, for well having me on on again, and uh, another uh, another injury we're ticking off the list today.
1: Yeah, no, this is a very um, popular series. I know people really enjoy it. Um, well, enjoy is a funny word to say when we're talking about
3: injuries, but <laughs> it's get nice. a lot of benefit, I it. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad to, I'm glad to hear. And yeah, we've got, to, yeah. got some, some feedback from, uh, from listeners, yeah. which is, uh, which is good. And yeah, as you said, look, running, running, you know, despite it being a non-contact sport, there's, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. And, and uh, you know, the injury that we're going to talk about today is, uh, is, is one of those that, uh, well, not so much in, the, in the trail, in the uh, road runners, but certainly the trail runners can have their. Uh, fair share of these so that's that's right
1: now what we're talking about today listeners of course is ankle sprains so i'm sure there are plenty of people who have experienced this myself included on the trails um so yeah so this is a good one to talk about i'll leave it in your capable hands luke
3: Thanks, Isabel. Well, yeah, it is. It is a very common, uh, common injury that we see, uh, just really across the board in sports. In fact, it is the most common injury in sports. Um, so very, uh, very common to see across all, and and not just in sports, but pretty much seventy percent of us will will uh, sustain an ankle sprain at some stage in our lives. So seven, seven out of ten people will sprain their ankle. So the stuff that we're going to cover today is not just applicable for for those runners that might sprain their ankle, but it can also happen if you're uh, you know tripping over the kids' toys around the around the yeah. house and and. Yeah in the ankle that way so I've seen plenty of fair share of that uh, from those it is and, intense, and just saying yeah, to the yeah. listeners
1: who are who are listening you'll have to check out the YouTube video because there's well, quite <laughs> a quite horrendous uh clip of someone playing tennis hurting their ankle and I can barely look at it obviously. yeah
3: I'll, I'll quickly get through this slide so I don't have to keep watching this over on i loop by loop but uh, yes, it, is. it is a yeah look it is a, a not a common injury we see in in road runners um mainly because they're, they're running on a on sort of a stable surface they're putting one foot in front of the other but on the trail. It is something that that's where we see it uh, becoming a bit more of a common injury uh you know with unstable surfaces and uh rocks and and tree roots and all those sort of things and poor lighting and fatigue after 100k yeah. so you can um, not knowing where you're putting your feet so that is something that we do see more commonly in the, uh, in the in the trail runners um so uh that's uh whilst it might not be so much in the road certainly in those now it's also got one of the problems is it not only is it so common to sprain your ankle but it's got one of the highest re-injury rates as well too so once you've done your ankle you're certainly more more common it's more uh you know, more likely to, to why, re-injure why is that it. there's a few reasons why and we'll, we'll discuss that as well soon but okay. um but you, you basically in terms of the, the risk of injury you've got you know two times the risk of, of re-injuring after you've, uh, you've sprain your ankle uh and that 40 percent of those that sprain their ankle will go on to develop what's called chronic ankle instability and this is where you have those those you know sprained over and over again which is quite high like four out of four out of ten people that sprain their mm-hmm. ankle will go on on to have all these these recurrent issues and, and we'll also talk about what that is as well and so that's where we, we you know we often you know people patients come to us and they say oh yeah i think it's just just an ankle sprain you know it's uh, don't need to worry about it but ankle sprains is, as we just just shown can can actually become highly problematic so um so we, it's it's often one of these injuries that people will dismiss but it's often that they at their uh well they're worse off because of that and so we want to make sure that we really uh, address uh the impairments and, and making sure that you get a full return to function after Mm. you sprain your ankle and we'll talk about some of the stuff that uh, that you can do uh, later on as well so basically what chronic ankle instability is is it's those people that complain of you know that the ankle just sort of gives way and and that's usually the ankle rolling inwards so it's sort of stretching that that outside of the the ankle area there um we know that also that it's not actually ligament looseness that that causes that to happen And, and some people say oh i've just overstretched my ligaments you know it's that's why they're just loose they're loose there. But in actual fact, what, what we know, there's been studies that have, have looked at that is that the, the ligaments aren't any, any looser there. They're the same as, as anyone else's. What's actually happening there is it's more the body's ability to control that ankle. So it's actually more a control strength. Uh, and, and, uh, and we'll talk about, talk about that a little bit too. So it's not loose ligaments that's that cause these to happen. So why do they become so recurrent? So um, firstly, uh, did you get the diagnosis right? You know, was, was there something else that's going on there that's, that's, uh, that's actually causing this to, uh, to happen again and again? the second reason is that it wasn't rehab correctly after you injured it so did you address all the appropriate impairments that were going on did you return to sport or return to running too early you know did you push things along a little bit too much there you didn't have that full strength or full range of movement back in the ankle so there can be some issues that, that, that weren't properly addressed there um, or three that there could be just reasons outside of our current understanding so chronic ankle instability is still a condition that we're learning a lot more about uh, and so there's still stuff that we don't know we don't know there so you know it could be any one of those three. So um, uh, making sure that you get the diagnosis, making sure that you uh, you get that uh, you know fully rehab the un- ankle to make sure it's uh, it's back to uh, to full function. Uh, if we quickly just do a quick little bit of an anatomy recap here, but you've got some, you've got the ankle uh, and you've got these these ligaments which are like the ropes, if you like. That's what gives our joints uh, joint stability there. Uh, and you've got the main ones that that are, that are injured in an ankle sprain are what's called the, the lateral ligaments on the outside of the ankle. So there's three main. ligaments there Uh, and one of the the main ankle the main ligament that in fact it's actually the most frequently injured ligament in the body is what's called the anterior talofibular ligament so it's one of those ligaments on the outside so usually when you injure the ankle you know it rolls inwards uh, and you strain either one or a combination of of three of those uh, those ligaments but you've also got on the outside of the ankle you've got a number of other structures as well there too there's some tendons there's some what we call some retinaculum there there. and then you've got the, uh, the the bone there as well so unfortunately when you sprain your ankle you can actually injure other things there too so it's not just a ligament injury but it can sometimes be other things that go along uh, go along with it so, in terms of the symptoms that you get, you know, if people will say, you know, it's typically I, oh, you know, I tripped up on something, or I landed on something a bit funny, or stepped on someone's foot, and it's usually that ankle rolling, rolling inwards, and that's what we call an inversion sprain, or it's also called a lateral ligament uh, sprain there as well, because it's on the outside of the uh, the ankle, those the ligaments that get injured there. Um sometimes some people will have difficulty you know wearing weight on that ankle when you initially roll it you know people will be like oh yeah just you know took a couple of steps to to be able to do it again some people can't even do that they have to get so get carried off or, or hop off there uh the swelling sometimes can be you can it can swell up you know and and, and uh, for the listeners there you may have experienced one of these where the ankle just blows up immediately you know you just have the, you, you injure it and then whew, up it, up it goes now Fortunately, that's not always a sign of, of, of severity. Just because it blows up like a balloon doesn't mean that, that it's uh, that it's bad. Um, so don't, don't always panic stations when you when you see that happen. Um, the other one that can freak people out is the bruising that comes along with these with these things as well too. And and for uh, for those watching the, uh, the video, you can see the uh, the the bruising, uh, the visible. It can be quite scary, especially when the the bruising starts to go down into uh, spread down into into the toes. Um, and uh, I'll often warn patients when they. I have one of these is look. don't panic if you start to see the toes go black don't don't you know your toes aren't dropping off it's just the <laughs> just the blood that's that's come out from that sprain um spreading down to the uh, the rest of the foot so and that can look particularly nasty so it can uh, freak people out with that one there Firstly, so the first thing important thing to do after you, you've had an ankle sprain is is to get a diagnosis. We mentioned before, you know, one of the reasons of it, of it not uh, not getting right was that you missed the diagnosis and there was something else that was was happening there. Um, so, in addition to, to you know just to the, the, the the ligament sprain and ligament injury, uh, you can have things like a, what's called a syndesmosis injury, which is. Also, you might see this being termed as a high ankle sprain, uh, and so this is a little bit higher up the uh, the ankle there. In fact, we've got our model of the uh, of the foot, but uh, if we haven't, the lateral lateral ligaments on the outside, the high ankle sprains are a little bit sort of more round through the uh, round through the front there, and that's called the syndesmosis. So you can have injuries uh, injuries to that. They do tend to take a little bit longer, and you need to be a little bit less aggressive with those. So again, it's why you need to be important to um, to get uh, get a, a diagnosis on that fractures. Unfortunately. bones can chip um, things can break so uh, you've got to make sure that you you rule out uh, rule out a a fracture there you don't want to be running on a running on something when it needs when it does need rest for that bone to mend Um, we've got um, the tendons that run along the outside of the ankle we mentioned those before but they can tear the tendons can tear as well as the covering over the uh, over the top of them Uh, and then you can also have what's called a taylor dome lesions or, or osteochondral defects and that's basically the joint there can actually sort of butt into each other and you can chip. Bits off the uh, off the bone there. Thankfully, those those last few things are, are you know are, are, are rare, um, but they can still happen. So you've got to make sure that you get um, get a diagnosis to know exactly what you're uh, what you're dealing with there. So if we go on to to some early management tips on on what to do. So you've you've sprained your ankle what should you do okay so firstly you've got your diagnosis but if you you know there's some delay of getting to someone to uh, to see these are some of the things that you you want to do so one of the mnemonics that has been um, uh, you know it used to be rice you know rest ice compression yeah. elevation um, and then sort of switched to police uh, which is protection optimal loading ice compression elevation there's also another one that's sort of been doing a bit a bit around the trends at the moment peace and love but I think it's it's really just it's just expanding on 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 this really I think yeah. you can keep it pretty simple and that's why I tend and to I just think use peace
1: and love's getting a bit long there's too many things to do
3: <laughs> it is that's why I look I look at it and I go well that sort of falls under optimal loading and that sort of yeah so I think it's it's sort of yeah, a bit common sense I, I I I think it's um yeah so I I stick with the just advising the police now it's easy to remember but um yeah. but Basically protection is that if something's damaged, you need to, you need to sort of get off it a bit. Um, And that's where also that leads into the optimal loading part is that you don't just want to completely rest it, you know, there's going to be some sort of movement that you want to get in around through there, how much again will depend on, on on what you've done ice i will still use use ice um as a as a, a, ma- a management uh, early on usually within the first sort of 48 hours there it can be sort of good to good to help with pain um yeah. and just to sort of help settle things down a little bit there there's a there's sort of again it's a bit of a debate at the moment like does ice you know uh, uh does it impair you know we want some inflammation around through there like mm. are we going to be delaying the healing uh i don't think there's, there's there's really nothing conclusive to say that that's the case um and it also because some people this, these really hurt, you know. That they can they can wake you up at night time. So using the ice on there can just help people help to uh, you know get to people to sleep and, and get some get some good recovery. Um, and then we've got compression and elevation as well too in the end of that. So that's, you know, put a, could put put, just put a, a compression bandage on there uh, and keeping it on there for usually a few days as well. Uh, and then elevation, elevation mainly just when you're not using it. So we've got that optimal loading, you're doing a little bit on it, um, but then the rest of the time you can have it, uh, have it elevated. So um, do so you immobilize it or not? So that's, you know, when you first, uh, first injure it, you know, what, what should you do? Should you wrap it in something? You know, we mentioned the compression bandage before, but, um, there's actually some research to show that, that up to a week of putting it in a, in a brace, um, does actually, you know, with, in, in obviously with doing rehab in that, that meantime, putting it into yep. a brace mm-hmm. early can actually um, be of benefit. Uh, okay. and it actually, the brace tends to be a little bit better than, than, uh, than using, um, like rigid tape or K tape or, or Um, yeah so bracing tends to be a bit more effective at at, uh, at the the tape cost obviously comes into effect because you know an ankle brace is you know $50 and if it's the first time it's happened it may just be cheaper you know to to put it in and if you're not going to be walking around your feet a lot then tape can just be as good because that's really all it's doing is just giving the ankle a bit of support in that in that early stage in that first week just to make sure that there isn't anything anything uh, happening there anything any further damages is occurring yeah um, so then we go on to you know the, the other things that can help it in that early stage of just helping to calm down get rid of the get rid of the pain there so I'm, I'm actually a fan of, of doing some manual therapy some hands-on work in that uh, in that early early period there uh, and that in the in the very early period like within a couple of days can just be very light sort of working around through there just some very light mobilization in through the in through the joint there just again to help to sort of get some of that swelling out there and just to restore some of that uh, that normal movement um, but it could also help to, to reduce pain like i've had that happen numerous times when people come in you know limping and you get some manual therapy around there and, and then they, they go to pain-free walking so so it can be really good at helping to uh, helping to settle down that uh, down that that pain there um as well as helping to improve the, the range of movement and the stiffness that you get often with these i'm not a big fan of using um nsaids or, or um yeah. or anti-inflammatories <laughs> early on i think you know we spoke about the ice maybe playing a role in, you know, whether it did or did not um, uh, cause a role in, in, um, in affecting the healing. But anti-inflammatories, I think we can argue that that, that can, that can impair that that knitting of the tissue because essentially when you've had a, a ligament sprain, you, you know, things have split, there's bleeding around there and you do need the body to come in with these inflammatory cells and, and knit the, those ligaments together. Um, so I'm not a fan of taking anti uh early for at any stage, really, for these. Um, you can take pain, Panadol, you know, painkillers if, if it's really sore. All, then just some uh, just some panadine is is uh you can you can take but try and stay away from the, uh, the anti-inflammatories um, so early on, what we want to do, so we've you know we've got we've got our our um, our bracing or our taping, we we've got our ice in those first uh, those first couple of days there, just to settle things down. The first thing we want to do is we want to start to get some movement into the ankle. Uh, so we want to get that uh, you know and that that what that does is a couple of things. One is it helps to to get that swelling out of the out of the, the area. Um, two, it helps to improve that mobility, which is really important. And three, it also helps to get a nice strong healing tissue. So if we we know that when we've damaged something like if we've damaged a, a, the, the ligament on the outside of the ankle there if we stress it a little bit it actually the body cat picks up on that and thinks oh we need to make this a bit stronger where if you don't stress that at all the body can sort of <laughs> lay down some quite weak tissue and that's like oh, that's okay. across the board really for for any any time we're dealing with some damaged tissue is that we want to stress it enough early on to sort of tell the body hey we need to, to knit things up nice and strong through here uh, and get, get a good uh, good quality healing tissue so that's why early movement and, and optimal loading in that that police mnemonic there um is, uh, is is quite important so some examples of some early mobility stuff that you can be doing would be things like you know doing some foot circles so you're basically just drawing circles with your, your foot round in clockwise and anti-clockwise directions uh, another one of my favourites is the foot alphabet. So you're basically just drawing the alphabet and, in, in, you know, whether you go capitals or lowercase, you can decide what you're going to do there. Um, but just going through the alphabet and uh, and spelling that out in as big letters as you can because, again, that's sort of encouraging all those different combinations of, of movement around that, uh, around the ankle. Um, then we've got banded. So banded dorsiflexion, what that means for those that, that are listening on the podcast is you basically have a, a band around the, the front of the ankle um, and you can use a belt as well that's, that's tied on. To something behind you, and you're actually just uh, you know kneeling down on the opposite side, and then you're you sort of lunging forward on that uh, on that, that that ankle there. So it's you sort of bringing the knee over the toes whilst the band sort of pulling it backwards, uh, and that can help to, uh, to put a bit of um, um a bit of movement in that uh, that ankle joint. Uh, you can also put um, a weight on top of your knee as well to really further drive that uh, drive that forward. Uh, and then another particular favorite exercise of mine is what's called a 3d calf exercise and that involves standing facing a wall you're standing on the on the the, the injured leg and then you're sort of leaning in towards the wall so you're sort of getting that stretch in through your uh, in through the calf there so you sort of go back and forward sort of 10 times and then what you can do is then you can twist on it three times so you are sort of then twisting from side to side 10 times okay. and then you can then you can go from side to side so you're taking the ankle through you know that's why it's called 3d the three dimensions there forwards and back twisting on it and then going from side to side again it's sort of getting the ankle moving in lots of different directions getting that getting that swelling out of there and helping with a nice uh, nice strong healing uh, healing tissue just a caveat um, it's, with, in, it's uh, interesting
1: that sorry um that hmm. you say that the uh, movement actually helps it to heal because a lot of people think rest is the best thing for healing but uh, I, I
3: find that interesting that's right yeah it's it's uh, and as the saying goes rest is rust um so yes. you know we, we don't want to be uh we don't want to be resting and and, and like i said you know it's all all up opt- to it's, it's all dependent on, on what you've done uh, you know sometimes in that first couple in the first few days all you might be doing yeah. is foot exercise or foot alphabet there so you're not being you know too aggressive aggressive with this but but yeah even even from day one you're doing something on it you're not just because okay. they used to sort of you know used to for these it's like <laughs> oh well let's put them let's put someone in a cast so you know class to cast and see what that's like there and they've actually found that compared that to um early mobilization is actually early mobilization is is more advantageous so that's why we just say put you in a brace or a tape which allows you to still get movement in the ankle you're not blocking it completely up. Plus, you can also take that brace off and do some movement. And then, when you get up and walking around, you can pop that so pop that brace back on uh, back on there again. Um, one of the caveats just with the with the early movement is is um, what we say forcing that dorsiflexion, so the knee over toes movement. Um, just got to be careful with doing, doing that, that, especially yeah. if there's a a high ankle sprain. Um, then you you've got to uh, you know that involving that syndesmosis joint you mentioned earlier on yeah. that can actually be problematic and that can sort of really stir that up. So you just gotta be careful about, you know, pushing it just gently into, into discomfort, but not, not really being forcible with, uh, with that. So just watching with that, so with that one there. The other thing that we find oh my gets, word
1: there's a picture yeah. of someone standing on a swiss ball well that's
3: that's that's I right think, and we'll, we'll get to we'll get to that but uh I think I'd um, break a bone. yeah yeah well that's it that's it you certainly wouldn't be doing this uh doing this immediately after an after an ankle sprain it's uh, or if yeah. i if i told someone to do that they'd be looking at me funny um <laughs> but um the uh you often see after one of the things that does get knocked out and, and impaired after an ankle sprain is is balance and and this yes. can actually this is actually one of these things and and, and same with mobility, mobility and balance and and, and even strength as well people can injure their ankle and they can have impairments in these indefinitely uh, you know we, we'll, we'll have patients where we'll be assessing them and they might come in with with knee pain uh and then you're assessing their, their balance and it's like oh yeah actually i've sprained that ankle you know five times before i had a really bad ankle sprain there and they've still got loss in of you know of range and and um uh or, or, or balance there so balance is something that's that, that is really important and uh and so the ways that you can you can actually uh, assess that or you can assess it on yourself is is doing a, single leg balance um, and uh, i'll actually talk about later on about some of the uh, the, the the times that you want to be you're looking at for that but but earlier on you can be doing just just practice to single leg standing on that that leg there you can do it eyes open eyes closed as well for a bit more a bit more challenge um, But this can be done very early in the piece um, to, to help to get that to get that control back on uh, back online there Another one of my favorites for, for early on is the uh, what we call clock reaches, where you're basically standing on the sore leg. So you're standing on the on the sore ankle and then you're reaching as far as you can in one direction and coming back to normal with the other leg. So you're sort of reaching and you're almost like imagine you're standing on a clock face. So you reach out in front of you, you're reaching out to 12 o'clock, then you reach out to one o'clock, then two o'clock and you go all the way around the clock face there. So you're spinning the ankle in different directions, challenging that balance in, in different ways. Mm. It's more of a sort of a dynamic balance whereas standing on the spot there is more assessing a, a single balance now what we need to what we don't and this is actually something that you know I've, I've seen a lot of people still given to this day is unstable surface training so that's you know standing on a on a, a wobbly dura disc or a you know a balanced mass or like this guy yes. here standing on a, on a swiss ball <laughs> but we know actually that that's not um that that is not uh the, the best way to actually uh to to train what we call this proprioception so um, without getting too technical but if you're standing on an unstable surface you're actually training more of what's called your vestibular system which is what your balance which is sort of what tells you where you are now what's happening with an ankle sprain is it's not affecting the vestibular system so much it's affecting what we call the proprioceptive system and that's the what's uh, the, the the nerves that are in our ligaments and our joints and our muscles and they're the things that tell us that tell our body where they are so um, it's actually better to be doing standing on a stable surface and challenging yourself like with these clock breaches there or closing your eyes and just trying to maintain the balance. So stick with stable surfaces is basically the, uh, the bottom line with that, uh, with that one there.
1: Glad to hear it. Cause I was not thinking, Oh my God, saying, Oh my God, that's whistful.
3: <laughs> no, no, exactly right. No, that's, you know, the, the, you know, even the wobble discs and the, the dura discs yes. and, and wobble boards are still, you know, still fairly popular these days, probably yeah. not as much as what they used to, but that used to be a pretty staple for, um, for ankle sprains is oh you've done yeah. your ankle get on the, get on the wobble board, but uh, no, there's, there's better ways to, uh, to train that. So so early goals, what do we want to see sort of early on? So there's sort of some of the things that we, we do early on. But what we want to achieve early on is we want to try and see uh, the, the, the range of movement um, become equal to the other side. And uh, one way that you can test this at home is, is with the, the need a wall test. And basically, we've, we've discussed this in some of our other, other um, mm. podcasts, but, but basically what it is, is you face a wall. Um, you set a ruler up against the uh, against the wall there, with the zero against the wall, and and what you do is that you then um, move your foot back a bit, and you then drive your knee towards the wall, uh, and you want it to touch the wall, uh, and so if you can touch. Just wiggle your toes back a little bit, and then you drive it forward again. You keep wiggling those toes back until you can't touch anymore, and that's where you get your uh, get your measurement from. Um, so obviously, easy. For those that are listening, you can certainly refer to uh, to the recording of today to uh, to to get a look mm. at that one. But otherwise, you can just Google that. Need a wall test. So we want to see that that needle wall test be equal, um, or at least early on trying to get within ninety percent of each other. Uh, and for runners, we like to see upwards of eight centimeters for that uh, for that test as well. But there's always sort of exceptions, but generally upwards of eight centimeters. But more importantly, we want to see them equal side to side. Yeah. The balance, so we mentioned before about that single leg balance. What we want to do is, and this is something for all our listeners to, uh, to get out there and test themselves, is you want to be able to maintain single leg balance standing on the spot with your eyes open, 30 seconds. You want to be able yes. to, to do there. And eyes closed. You want to do that for longer than longer than ten seconds. Um, so those that are younger, so those that are sort of below thirty, should actually be able to do it upwards of forty seconds with their, oh, like, wow. with their eyes open. So I just sort of said, just generally across the board, thirty eyes open, ten yeah. eyes closed. So don't have a few drinks before you do this, yeah. otherwise it's, uh, it's the old sobriety test. That's where the police will catch you out. But um but yes, I want to good good thing to test now because you may find that yeah your balance is no good and you may have had an old ankle injury mm. and that's uh, you're like well, yeah. I oh, actually still has never restored that so so that's a couple of things that we we'll want to see a couple of key tests that we want to see early on that we're uh, that we're ticking off so if we go into sort of some more advanced stuff in terms of the uh, the rehab, so again early on, sort of working on strength, there we can start with some banded exercises. So these are the ones that you know you may have may have seen before, where you've, you know you've got uh, we've got the different directions here. We've got you know, on the uh, on the, the display here. We've got um, you know banded and pointing the toes up towards your head, banded and pointing the toes downwards, banded pushing it going inwards, and then banded going outwards. Now. What we do up in clinic, I've got a, a form of, of technology here. This is what's called a, a handheld dynamometer. But basically, what allows me to do is allows me to test those movements and actually see well, what actually is weak. Uh, and that way, we can be a bit more time efficient with with what we're doing there. Because yeah. a lot of people think that, oh yeah, you've rolled your ankle in, therefore it's going to be weakness in in these ones going outwards. But actually, a lot of the time, it's it's not. It can be the opposite way as well too. So you, you don't always uh, don't always assume. And that's where that's where uh, you know I'm a big one for uh, for a. Guessing to know what you're uh, what you're dealing with there but if you don't have access to anything and you know, you, you can't, you can't assess the strength or well, you can get on and start doing all four directions, basically just a shotgun approach of, you know, just hit everything and, and hope yeah. that you've covered, you know, what you're deficient in there, not the most time time efficient way of doing it, but you know, I guess, I guess at least it makes sure that you're right that you're doing it um, early on when things are really sore, you can do what's called some isometrics, which is basically just with the band around in a particular position and then you're moving the foot and then you're just holding that position there. And that's called an isometric you're not moving it, but, you're under resistance uh, and you can do five five lots of 15 seconds there. Uh, and they can be done a few times a day, actually, um, because they can also help a little bit with, uh, you know, a little bit with pain and also a little bit with movement as you start, the pain starts to settle down. Um, then you start to get more into the banded movement. And this is when you can go for reps and, you know, ideally looking at three to four sets of, of 12, 12 reps for, for those ones through, uh, through there. So banded exercises can, they're, they're a start. And, and it's really important. I say a start because some people get these and they think, Oh yeah, I've done my banded exercise. I'm, I'm good to go. You know, I've got, <laughs> I've got, uh, that's all I need to do, isn't it? And uh, no, as we're about to talk about, that's sort of the, the, the tip of the iceberg. So um, other considerations down there we've got our feet you know our feet are really important obviously they're the first thing that hit the uh, that hit the ground there and so working on our on our foot strength um, and we've spoken about this before in our in our episode on, on plantar heel pain uh, yes. but it's a really important one to make sure that we've got our strong feet underneath us so doing things like uh, you know spreading the toes um, fanning the toes moving them around some banded toe flexion as well too uh, some uh, some great exercises around through that uh, obviously, it would be remiss of me not to talk about the calf strength, seeing as that's my favourite muscle group. So is, I think we've yes. given it a plug in in pretty much most of the talks we've uh, we've done so far. Um, but uh, obviously, you know, all calf exercises involve that moving around the around the ankle, um, and uh, and so really important to have good calf strength to protect that ankle joint as well. So you've got lots of different calf raise variations there, so you can start off with you know doing it on both legs, and initially when someone's really sore, you might just get them doing it on on both but they're putting most of their weight on the the good side and then as yeah. they get better they start to move their weight more over to the sore side until they can then get that other leg off and then they're on to single leg calf raises uh, and then you can sort of do it in in different positions so you can have you know the feet turned in the feet turned out uh, and sort of t- to stress different parts of the of uh, the calf and the, and the joint there uh, and then you can also go with the you know with the calf raises you can go with the knee straight or the knee bent so lots of different variations you can uh, you can be doing for for the those. Um, and uh, so really making sure that we're getting that, so getting that calf strength right. And then you can also vary the depths and the speed. So as you start to get a little bit better here, you can start to go a little bit faster um, as we're getting into more into uh, the plyometrics, which we're going to talk about soon too. Um, some of my other favourite um, sort of calf exercises for for those with ankle sprains are weighted toe walks. So what you're doing there is you're getting some some weight and and quite heavy too. So you might get you know a, a couple of twenty kilos um, or you get some garden buckets and you fill that fill that up with stuff. You go on your tippy toes, and then you're just walking, walking on your tippy toes mm. there. Um, and uh, you can go for sort of ten meters, term, you know, walk back, um, go again for ten meters, and you can do sort of, you know, four repeats of four repeats of, of those there. Um, that's a really good one for for um, for the, uh, the, the the foot and the ankle strength. Uh, the other ones we've got too. We've got a uh, what's called a soleus lunge, and basically what that's doing is combining a lunge. Uh, you you're going onto uh stepping onto uh, something off like a step, a small step, or onto a, a weight there. You drop down into your lunge position and then on that front leg, you're doing some calf raises there. So that's a really good one so for that ankle, mm. that ankle strength and and uh, working on that so that the a- calf And that really balance.
1: is a good one for um also being relatable to to running and trail running, you know.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It is a good one. And that's one I'll, I'll sort of throw into the mix every, every now and then for just something, uh, something a little bit different. Yeah. It's not the best one for building strength in through that, through that soleus, the lower calf, but it's a, it's a good one as a, a bit of a challenge and and to just to yeah. mix things up, mix things up a bit, but um, yeah. So that's a, that's another one. We've got our box step down as well, where what you're doing with that, or, or is you, you, you know, standing on a, a box or a step uh, and then you're just um, trying to um, standing on the, the sore side and trying to touch the, opposite leg down to the ground. So what that's the advantage with that exercise is that it's good for strength, but it's also, um, as you can see, doing a, a similar to our knee to wall test. You know, it's really getting that that ankle range back, that what we call that dorsiflexion range. So it's sort of a good one to kill two birds there, as you getting and any, a bit
1: of balance there too? Wouldn't you yeah, say?
3: Yeah, abso- absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and you can you can weight that. You know, you can hold yep. on to some weight when you're doing it. But I think just initially, just doing it, trying to do it with you, your body weight is a good uh, a good um, uh, way to start there. Uh, and then we've got our another one, another sort of variation. Um, of a a, a wall sit where you get into a, you know, you sit back into a wall uh, and then you raise up onto your, uh, onto your your tippy toes there. So another good one again for uh, to get that ankle and that lower, that lower calf. So uh, then we also got, now it's important though, when, when we see um, someone with an ankle sprain is that there are often, um, even if it's a, a, a fresh ankle sprain, there are often strength deficits along that, that same side. So there might be some, and it's quite commonly found actually, hip muscle issues. And, and arguably one could say, well, there was you know these issues there before that then predisposed that ankle to rolling. So, um, so important also to assess for that. And, and whilst you're recovering from an ankle sprain, it, it gives you a really good opportunity to you know to work on some areas that you you know that you, you may have neglected or uh, and this is always you know we, we we call this the the silver lining to any injury you know you, you're out for a, you know might be out for a period of time but hey how, what else can you do you know runners out there oh, I haven't been very good with my strength training recently well now's a great time to start you know and there's lots of different variations out there you can you can do um, you know if one side's sore you've got two legs you can still work the other side so you can be doing some you know some single leg work so a split Squats, one of our favorite ones here, where the sore ankle is just resting up on the table behind you. It's not doing anything. Um, you can put that in a TRX sling. So it's, you know, mm. even less pressure on that ankle joint there. You can always position that ankle. So it's not, it's not sore, um, but then you're working the other leg. Um, there's, there's a phenomenon called the, the crossover effect or the cross education effect, where if you train one side, you get benefits into the other side. So even though the injured leg, you might not be able to do much on that. If you train the good leg, you're still going to get some benefits amazingly Thanks. happening in the uh, in the injured leg there so so don't forget that um to uh to to work the um the uninjured side don't let that one waste away just because you can't uh, you can't use the uh the opposite side um and there's also you know there's single leg work like machine work um is is good as well so you know doing your leg press on the opposite side when the, when you've hurt the other uh, other ankle so there's always alternates so you speak to you know your health or fitness professional about uh, about ways that you can that you can train around that injury now the next one we're going to talk about area, which is a really, a really neglected area of of, um, of rehab with these, and it's, it's it's actually probably the most important, I reckon, um, is uh, plyometrics. And plyometrics are basically explosive exercises. Um, and uh, uh, running, you know, one could argue is a, is a form of plyometric exercise, and that we're involving very short times on the ground. You know, we're having to be quite expo- explosive with. You know, we're only on the ground for less than you know for 0.25 of a second. Um, so uh, our body's got to absorb and, uh, and then generate force within that, so that short period of time. So, so some of the things that can be done and, and plyometrics is such a, a big class of exercises there. There's obviously a, a wide spectrum where you start, you know, really easy stuff uh, at the beginning and then you can progress to harder stuff. So some early stuff that's really good are what's called tall to short landings. And what that is, is you're basically standing, raise up on your tippy toes and then you sort of almost do a little bit of a jump in the air but you're more just switching all your weight onto one side so say you've got the injured side there so you raise up on your tippy toes up in the air and then you drop down onto the uh, onto the, the, the sore side so it's again sort of getting a light a little bit of, of impact happening there on the uh, on the injured side but it's a really really uh, easy way to uh, to to start into it so those tall to short landings hopping you know just hopping on the spot yes. and this is often one way that you can you can see when people haven't fully recovered from an ankle sprain you just get them hopping and you can see they're just dead like they've just got yes. no spring on that side they're often really heavy on their landings um, whereas on the good side they're nice and springy and light um, and this is something for all our listeners to to check on themselves as well is just compare your hopping from side to side it can give you quite a quite a good uh, good um, indication just that test in itself Um, Then we've got progressing on to to step and box jumps. So I I tend to uh, get people jumping up onto a step first. Um, So because there's less impact forces, you're sort of generating the force to get you up. But then because you're landing a bit high, there's not the impact of coming down. So I'll tend to get people going two legs up first, then going up, progressing onto one leg up. And then you can go, you know, uh, one leg up and two legs down, and then one leg up and one leg down, um, and that's just onto a step. And then you can progress onto going a bit uh, onto higher heights for, um, for for box jumps as well too. So um, that's a good uh, good progression through uh, through those. Um, and uh, and then we've got more advanced plyometrics here. So these are where things get really sort of start to get a bit more explosive and, and more higher impact there. We've got our broad jumps, which is basically on two legs, jumping as far as you can. Um, we've got some uh, different hops for distance there. So basically that's, you know, standing on one leg and jumping all the way out sideways as far as you can. You can also do that inwards as well too. Um, we've got bounding, which is sort of running along, sort of going from <laughs> one leg one leg to the other. Uh, and then we've got things like a triple hop for distance, where you're hopping on the same the same ankle there three times, three times in a row, really trying to get as far as you can. Uh, and that in itself is actually a good test because you can compare from from side to side. You can sort of see how well I'm I'm recovering. Uh, and then you can add things later on, like you can add distractions or someone can throw something at you. You know, as you as you're doing it. But for runners, oh, okay. we often yeah, <laughs> runners we often don't need to go down that path unless they've unless they've they've got a really you know just a ankle that just really falling into that chronic ankle instability uh class there uh where we just really want to challenge them to make sure that they're good to go for you know when they're out in the trails and they're not going to yeah. you know when they're not aware of their surroundings that their body is is uh able to to adjust um for, for what's uh for what's thrown at it then we can do our, our running drills so even though we might not be able to, to run early on there's still some drills that we can do so a karaoke drill which is like a running from side to side so you'll see sometimes see the footy players doing these ones when they're running from from side to side so they're a good one good one to get the ankle moving uh and then we've got our a skips and our b skips so we're starting to get you know a little bit more with that fire metric there we're starting to get a bit of load going through the uh through the ankle and getting that ready to uh ready to, to run so there's some some good uh some of my my favorites there. There's obviously a, a heap of running drills that you can yeah. use, but they're probably the more commonly commonly used ones that I'll use for uh, for the ankles. Um, whilst people are out from, from running, um, cross training is obviously something that uh, you know people are, are usually pretty keen to try and keep their fitness going. Um, early on, like in the early period, you can swimming get in the get in the pool. Um, just be careful with using flippers uh, there because sometimes that might not feel very nice yeah, on, the, on the ankle. Imagine. So, uh, and even early on, I'll just get people using a pool boy. So if it's really bad and just want to keep keep them going, um, then uh, just get a pool boy there and just uh, just you know, pull using only uh, only pull using only the arms there. So swimming, uh, otherwise stationary bike. That's generally pretty well tolerated early on, and, and I, yeah. I tend to prefer the stationary bike versus swimming because there's obviously a bit more of a carryover to, um, to, to running. It's working the leg muscles a bit, a bit more on that. Um, so we'll get them on the, the stationary bike early on if the, uh, the ankle is tolerating that. Uh, and then the next progression from that is then on the cross trainer. So it's, again, it's a bit more, bit more weight bearing on that, putting a bit more demand on the ankle joint, but there's not the impact forces that, that running has. So it's sort of a bit of a, I guess, a stepping stone of, of going from the bike to the cross trainer if you've got access to, uh, to that. Um, return to running. So, um, and obviously, you know, being uh, the runners listening in today, you all think, well, how do I know when I'm ready to uh, when I'm ready to run? um the, the the time missed for these sort of injuries is can it be varied and it really does depend on the extent of of what you've done um i've had plenty of runners that and uh, that haven't missed a, haven't missed a run you know they've uh, they've a, a very low grade there we're able to sort of you know put a bit of protection around through there and, and give them some things to work on but they are able to still keep uh, keep going um but and then there can sometimes be runners that miss upwards of you know six weeks and sometimes even yeah. even longer than that for the more wow. severe, uh, severe severe injuries um it's really important though that we, we base it on criteria not just time it's not like you just don't and what we mean by that is it's it's like well we don't just sort of say yeah two weeks and you're right to go yeah. it's more like well here's what we want to see we want to see you get you know this strength mobility control around through their balance have you got all those tick 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 then yes you're ready to go that's what we call criteria based and that just ensures that we've got a really nice healthy fully functioning ankle and human um, on, on top yeah. of that um, to, uh, to to ensure that we make a successful return to uh, return to running. So some of the criteria that, that we'll use to determine, you know, you're ready to go for, for running. Um, we want to see the ankle range. So we've got our, remember our, our knee to wall test there. So we want to see that being within 90% of the other side. Um, and this is so when you're ready to go out for that first run. Um, We've got our balance nice and symmetrical. So the eyes open and the eyes closed. So remember the 30 seconds eyes open and 10 10, uh, seconds eyes closed there. We want to have our ankle strength the same. And for those at home, it's a little bit bit hard to to assess this, but certainly from my perspective, when we're testing the strength here, we want to make sure that it's within 90% of the, uh, the uninjured side. Uh, calf raises is another good one to test that the strength around the ankle there. So we want to make sure we've mentioned that um, uh, multiple times before making sure that we've got uh, more than 25 reps on, on each side on the injured side there uh, and, and within 90% of the, uh, the uninjured side. Um, we want to be able to do a single leg um, jump up onto a step and land. So, you know, 30 centimetres, 25 centimetres there. So single leg up and land. We want to be able to do those five times without uh, feeling pretty comfortable and, and not, uh, not, not hurting there. Uh, and then we also then use a, a hopping program, which is basically hopping on the spot. So you can sort of do, you know, 10 hops on the spot, 10 from side to side, Ten forwards and back, and then ten diagonals. So you're sort of going in all different directions there. So you're challenging it in different directions and making sure that they're comfortable in doing that. And then the last thing we we look for is, do you feel confident? You know, you, you're feeling confident in the angle. Because if we pass all those, and the, and the runner's like, no, nah, I still don't. I don't feel very good. Um, then it's often a sign that there's something that's not quite right there. Um, sometimes the, the runner just needs a bit of a nudge along and says, no, you're, yeah. you're right to go. But but uh, but sometimes it's actually no, it, this does need just need a little bit more work, and we'll just spend a little bit more time working on these things and, and uh, so having having that confidence back in the ankle is, uh, is is really important so there's some of the things that we look for in, in return to running um, when we do return to running um, you know is, is it to, to should you brace it should you tape it uh, we know that, that um, those that wear braces and this has mainly been done in, in field sports because this is where most of the ankle sprains occur so there hasn't been any any studies that have looked at runners um, and, uh, and and braces Um, But those that that in in the field sports, those that do wear braces, it does reduce your risk of, of, of having another injury. So they do work um the i always
1: thought braces weakened
3: your ankle no actually we've got uh you've preempted there on the next slide actually we talk about you know just on 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 that but uh but no they actually do not so there's no difference in in strength there and and uh cordova looked at that back in that back in 2000 so so it is that yeah it's one of these these sort of myths that do get circulated That oh no, you've got once you've got it you've got a reliance on it no thankfully it doesn't it doesn't work that way at all so so there's no uh there's no um weakening of the ankle by by doing that um in terms of do you go with braces or you go with uh, with tape? Uh, look, it's it's sort of, you know, it doesn't really matter so much. They've pretty much got equal, equal benefits through there. So it really comes down to personal preference. So, you know, cost-wise, um, you know, if you're going to be if you're going to be doing this, you know, wearing it quite a bit, if you've had a long history of ankle sprains um, and uh, you know, you're you're tackling some pretty technical trails, I'd I'd suggest then looking at, uh, looking at braces um, uh, because it's just easy to put on. You're going to be doing it for a while um, versus taping. It's more for those that might do it for the short, you know, only need it for a short term uh, and it can be cheaper in the long run. If you're not going to be doing it again and again, the other thing too to consider is that uh, taping, you need to know how to tape and I'll I'll obviously, you know, Show, show my runners how to do that um, but um but uh, braces can be easy just to slip on plus you don't have the skin irritation sometimes that um that, that, that taping does so it really comes down to preference also you know some runners don't like the bulkiness of a of a, of a brace in their in their shoe it just doesn't, doesn't feel very good um, so there's lots of things to sort of consider there yeah. as to whether you whether you tape it or whether you go with um whether you go with a, a brace So, um, but yeah, as you mentioned, there's no no weakening of the ankle, so you can be rest assured there. And general, the recommendation is, I mean, the recommendation in in field sports, yeah, is is to brace or tape up to twelve months after the injury. But I think. But for runners, I don't tend to do this as much because it's it's sort of a it's a lower risk sport. Um so for my footy players and you know, netball players that are out there and and you know, it's a change of direction and contact and those sort of things, it's more common to see those ones I will get them taping it more long term. But the runners, I will often move them off a bit a bit sooner than a bit sooner than that, especially if they've ticked all the boxes and you know, functions really good. Then um, yeah, and it was a bit of a freak occurrence where it happened, um, then I'm less inclined to sort of say, yeah, you need to be wearing this for the next uh, next 12 months so but they're just a few things on the, the bracing and the taping so if we wrap it up um firstly important to get the get a good di- you know get the diagnosis right and, and identify what's going on so get a really thorough examination to what's uh, what's happening there um secondly we want to make sure that you're we've identified those those deficits and you want to make sure that you're addressing them so we want to make sure you've got that balance back we've got that mobility back and we've also got that uh, got that strength as well um we're using a criteria base to, to return to running and not just looking at a time of oh yeah that's a two-week injury two yeah. weeks i'm right to go we want to make sure that you're able to do all the things we outlined before uh, and then using, you know, you're using brace or tape when you go back to uh, to help to reduce the uh, the recurrence. So there's uh, there's gone through a bit of bit of information there. Hopefully that's uh, that our, our runners can take in in terms of uh, um, addressing these uh, these things, whether they happen on the trail or, or the other uh, track or or around the house. That uh, they yeah. uh, can now know what to uh, what to do.
1: Well, thank you so much. That's um that's really good information. Um, and certainly you know. It's- Twisting your ankle, you know, for want of a better word, mm. is, is common on the trails because, you know, yeah. when, you, when, you, when there's rocks and sticks and whatnot yeah. and slippery and, you know, but, um, but would if I do general strength work, will that help me to avoid that sort of an injury?
3: Uh, I think there's the, the in short, yes, it will. So if you if you look at you know if you're going to do nothing versus strength work, yes, yeah. doing strength work will will absolutely help you. And 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 I mean, you look at some of the stuff that we we put in the, the exercises there before. I mean, they're not yeah. specifically you know not, a lot of that's not just ankle specific stuff. It's you know a lot of that with a, with good programming. You know, some of the stuff that you that you'd, you'd put together would tick yeah. a lot of those things anyway. Yeah. So absolutely. So I think there's there's a lot to be said for you know for working single leg, which helps a little bit with working your balance as well and yeah. and and, and you know the stronger you are around those, uh, round through the legs, then yeah, you, you, you help to lower your risk of, of actually sustaining these injuries. So yes, just another reason. Another reason to strength train is, uh, is uh, yeah, is uh, reduce your chances of ankle Yeah, I love to find, yeah, to
1: find <laughs> another <right>. reason. <laughs> well,
3: conforms your bias very nicely then. It so. does <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right, well,
1: thank you so yeah. much for coming on again. And You're um, yeah, if people have any. So, do you think you'll try the balance test? I hope you do and if you do comment on the post for this podcast on either the Facebook or Instagram podcast pages and let me know your results. Of course this podcast does not substitute for medical advice so please see your specialist if you are feeling pain. It is always best to get something officially diagnosed so you know exactly what you are dealing with. Now, I hope you got value from this podcast episode, and if you did, I would truly love it if you could share it with a friend, either on social media or directly. But if you do share it on socials, don't forget to tag me so I can thank you. Have a great week of running and training and have fun out there on the roads and trails.